Welcome to the Boonville Worship Center Sermon Podcast. Holy Spirit, we just honor you. God, we honor what you're doing in our congregation and in the the lives of our youth. God, we see it. We thank you, Holy Spirit. You're the one that draws hearts to Jesus. You're the one that releases encounters. And I really... I just I want to pray for the faith of our young ones here, but in this generation, Jesus, when, when Jesus knew that Peter was going to fail, Jesus told Peter, Satan has asked to sift you like wheat, but I have prayed for you that your faith would not fail you, that your faith would not fail you. And I want to speak to all you young people here today. Guys, your faith is rooted in generations and generations and generations and generations and generations of people who have encountered the living God. He is the possessor of heaven and earth, the creator of the heavens and the earth. And he encountered men and women and the Jewish people wrote it down for us. Guys, that's why we honor the Bible because it's a written declaration of what God has done, who he is, what he's like. So our faith has foundations and we need to encounter and we need to get on our faces and and be with him. But I just wanna pray for the faith of our young ones here because Satan is after your faith. That if he can steal that from you, he can take everything. It's our faith that we have to have stand strong in the midst of all that we have to walk through in this life. So guys, let's just pray for the younger ones right now. Father, in Jesus' name, God, we just thank you for faith. God, I thank you for the younger generation. God, I ask right now in the name of Jesus, God, you see the enemy's plans. You see his plots. You see the way he comes to steal. God, right now, we just ask for faith in the the young hearts in this church and in this generation. God, we thank you that you, Jesus, have prayed for them, that their faith would not fail. We say yes and amen, God. Let faith not fail them, God. Let it be rooted and grounded in the same faith that has been passed down from generation to generation to generation. We thank you, Father. And we bless your holy name today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. This announcement took just a little bit of explanation. It did for me when the Lord first laid it on my heart. So we want to share that with you. Jesus, um, Jesus quoted Isaiah in Matthew 21. He said, my house will be called a house of prayer for all nations. And it is our desire for this house to be a house of prayer for all nations. And we have made it um, intentional, made intentional efforts to increase our corporate times. I've been in a lot of churches once and at the end for a few seconds and that's their prayer. But that is not this house. We um, are gathering before Sunday morning. We are gathering on Tuesday nights now with my father's house twice a month. And we have tried to include the night watch in our prayers, in our corporate prayers in the past year or two. I'm not sure how long we've been doing it. But as I sought the Lord in the last couple of weeks for a date for our next night watch, I heard September 15th, and that is coming up really quick. But he said September 15th, so I pulled up my calendar and I looked at my calendar and it was clear, but it is also Rosh Hashanah. It's the beginning of Rosh, of the Jewish New Year. 
So we will be celebrating a brand new new year with the Jews as they celebrate Rosh Hashanah. So we will be having um, the night watch, and then he also said a solemn assembly. And I had to look that up in Joel. Let me read that to you. I've heard solemn assembly before, but I, Joel 2, verses um, 15 through 17. It's all through Joel, but I chose 15 through 17. He says, blow the trumpet in Zion, declare a holy fast, call a sacred assembly, gather the people, consecrate the assembly, bring together the elders, gather the children, those nursing at the breast, let the bridegroom leave his room and the bride her chamber. I think he wants us to make it a priority. Let the priest who minister before the Lord weep between the porch and the altar. That's all of us. We're all priests before the Lord. Let them say, spare your people, O Lord. Do not make your inheritance an object of scorn. So Lori and I were having a little prayer meeting out in the middle of the ocean a couple weeks ago talking about solemn assembly. And I asked her, what do you, what do you think a solemn assembly is? What's it look like? So she had a great explanation, so I asked her to share it. <laughs> I don't remember what I said in the ocean that day, but, but I feel like a solemn assembly is whenever there is an awareness that there's an emergency. <laughs> like there is a high alert that things are happening that either we're going to step it, like lean into the Lord's plan and purpose on the earth, or we can be um, just not really have a concern about it and not be a part of it and swept away in the mess. And it really is that black and white. But whenever he calls the solemn assembly, I mean, he called, he called the people that were on their honeymoon and the lady that just had her baby. Like it is, it is like high alert. We have to pray. We need a move. So, so it's like we look at what the gospel says that kingdom looks like. Then we look at our reality and we're like, there is a major gap. There is a major gap between reality and what the gospel is saying. Solemn assembly time. And it doesn't take, it doesn't take a, a brain surgeon to figure out stuff is happening in the earth, stuff is happening in our government, things are being exposed in our government. Um, it is the, I mean, never in our life have we ever seen um, the abuse of children and trafficking and all of the stuff. Like, it, it's so dark, solemn assembly. And I'm telling you, the solemn assembly is not for the intercessors, the Janets and the Robins. It is, ev it is every one of us, the pre, like literal, re like get away from the pulpit and get right here in the middle between the porch and the altar, between the door and the, where we're preaching at, and cry out to God for a move. I got to read the scripture. And you're fine. Romans chapter 8, verse 19. The earth is even longing. The earth is crying out for you and I to awaken. <laughs> for the anxious longing of creation awaits eagerly for the revealing of the sons of God. And so whenever I think about this, I pray this all the time. Holy grippings. God, grip my heart with holiness, with your holiness. There must be a renewal of the fear of God. 
We're doing all kinds of this and that, being satisfied with all of our, our sensualities here, there, and everywhere, and we have so dulled our senses that we don't even carry the fear of God anymore. And you know what? That's where the Bible says it starts. The fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. Solemn assembly. So it's for you. It is for me. I invite you to kill your flesh and show up all night that night. Yes, all night. It's a holy fast. Sleep. Uh, fasting from sleep is a genuine fast. And we will fast from sleep and whatever the Lord leads us to fast. James also says, or James, Joel says, tell it to your children and let your children tell it to their children and their children to the next generation. So why do you think it's so critical for every generation to participate in this solemn assembly? I think that if I... If I don't take up my position, I'm passing on the demonic strongholds to my kids. I'm also not training my kids up in the way that they should go. At the end of the day, all we have is prayer, intercession, the word, worship. Our, our ministry should go by the wayside if we are not abiding in him. And we need to have this fire inside of us that, you know, that whole thing I hear people say, not on my watch. I will do everything in my power as a mom. Have I been perfect? No. But I will do everything in my power to break myself free, to get delivered, to get healed, so that what I'm passing on to my children is, is a generation of holiness and righteousness that's passed on to a thousand generations. So our daddy is calling us to join together on September 15th. We will start at 7 o'clock, 7 p.m. It'll go till 7 a.m. We'll start with worship because that's what he wants. He wants to join us in worship. He wants repentance. He wants to see us down here repenting for our, for our nation, for our city, for our church. We will start right there at 7 o'clock with worship, and then um, the word will be released by you, all of you, until 7 a.m. Good morning, everybody. <sighs> Been a lot happened this morning already. Amen? And um, let's take a minute, I feel like, and uh, let's just pray. Let's position our hearts for the word. So, God, we just thank you for this beautiful, powerful, anointed worship and for your presence filling this house and for what you've done in the hearts of your people already this morning. Um, all these announcements and things that you've put on the hearts of your leaders, God, we're excited for what's ahead of us. And, but right now, Lord, this morning, we just say, God, our hearts are open. Like right now, my heart is open, God. My mind is is attentive my ears are open and you have my attention and i just say word of god speak word of god speak and my eyes stay fixed upon you i'm ready to eat i'm ready to feast i'm ready to consume what you have for me today you have my full attention, Jesus. Amen. 
Amen. <clears throat> Grab your Bible and um, I'll have you go ahead and turn to Philippians in chapter 2. And um, if you have a notepad and pen, it would uh, benefit. I'm going to quote quite a few scriptures that I won't take time to turn to and read. And I'm going to have you in a little bit go to uh, Acts with me as well. But in just a few moments, we're going to get into uh, Philippians in chapter 2. Amen. Uh, I, I just felt so drawn to speak to you today about the power in His name. The power in His name. What is so powerful about the name of Jesus? Have you ever stopped to think about how many times in the New Testament he says, do this in my name? Have you ever thought about that? All through, do this in my name. And or he will say, in my name you will, whatever follows. All through the New Testament we see it. And... Um, I've been reading and studying a lot in the New Testament, and it's one reason why we're here where we're at today, because I just kept coming upon it, Scripture after Scripture after Scripture, in my name, in my name, in my name, in my name, do this in my name, in my name you will. <coughs> so we, we know this in partiality, I feel like, as believers, we're raised, we know you know, pray for your food in Jesus' name or whatever that it is. But I don't know that we fully operate in and use to the fullness the weapon that we've been given in the power of His name. And um, <clears throat> in Proverbs in chapter 18 and verse 10, I'll just quote this to you, but <clears throat> it says the the name of the Lord, the name. Everybody say the name. The name. The name of the Lord is a strong tower, it says. And we need to get unchurchy this morning and really grab a hold of what God's Word's saying and even step out of familiarity and be reminded that His name is a strong, strong tower. Come on. And it says the righteous run to it. So in other words, His name, the name of the Lord, is a strong structure. You run to a structure when you need safety. So Proverbs then says that His name is a strong structure and those who, those who run to it will, will, will be secure. Amen. Everybody say his name. In, in the Gospel of Matthew, and in uh, chapter 1 and verse 21, the angel of the Lord speaking to Joseph, and he says, And she, Mary, will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. So it's established right here. You shall call his name Jesus. His name, his name, this name, this powerful name, right? Jesus means, it means 
Savior. Now, in, in Romans, in chapter 10 and verse 13, it says, For whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord, right? Jesus, whosoever shall call on the name Jesus, the name of the Lord, shall be saved. I'm talking about how powerful his name is. And so here in Romans 10 and 13, the Greek word here for, for the word shall be saved is the word sozo, and people twist this and use it in the wrong way, but it denotes a process of being saved, of being healed, of being delivered, of being rescued, of being set free. Come on, I'm talking about what his name means, right? So it, it, it means Savior, it means all of these things being set free, but ultimately that, that name and the name Savior means being made completely whole. Come on. The power of His name is what will lead you into wholeness, church. So beautiful. Turn. You, you, are you in Philippians? Philippians in chapter 2. Um, look at this with me. <coughs> Philippians 2 and... Um, let's go to verse 5. Philippians 2, verse 5. Amen. You ready? All right, so this is what it says. Let this mind, let this mind, let this be the way that you think. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a, of a, of a bondservant, that, that, that someone that serves out of love, not out of obligation. And coming in the likeness of men, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. And therefore God has highly exalted him. Now watch this. So therefore God has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name. And at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. Of those in heaven and those on earth and of those under the earth. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. To the glory of God the Father. This is so powerful. It's so, so powerful. The, 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 the Scripture here it says, the name above all names. The name of Jesus. Why is that name so powerful? It's just de described and, and listed out here and broken down for us in, in Philippians. The name of Jesus. The name above all names. And what I want you to keep in mind this morning is, is that it's not the Word, Jesus, that, 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 that possesses the power and authority. There are a lot of Hispanics named Jesus. Jesus. 
But I'm telling you, if you allow this and allow this to awaken inside of you to where you can run to him, like it said in Proverbs, where he will become that strong tower and that, st- that strong structure, because church, it is, it is, it is, um, it, it is faith in the one behind the name that truly he is Lord. So when he is your Lord and you call upon his name, he becomes that strong structure. Come on. And you will always find yourself in a place of security when he's Lord in your life and you're calling on his name as Lord. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus is powerful. We can gather together and we can say it thoughtlessness and without any heart and any intention and we'll just stand here in an empty space. But when two or more will gather together in his name with their heart and their mind connected and they're not just saying a word, their vocal cords aren't just vibrating, but they're declaring his name, the name above all things. He comes, man, and he shows up, and things are changed that can only be done by the presence of the living king. I'm telling you right now, the church needs to begin to operate in the power of his name like never before because it's truly his name that breaks strongholds. Come on, somebody. He is so good. He is so good. When you speak the name of Jesus... You are declaring and releasing all that He is over whatever you're facing. So when I say Jesus, I'm not just saying His name. I'm saying all that He is. Everything that He represents. All that He's done. I am calling Him Lord. And as I do that, again, I am declaring and releasing all of him over whatever that I'm facing. And as I do that, his authority is released. Come on, somebody. Why? Because his name is power. And his name is healing. And his name is life. I'm going to help some people out today. And I'm going to tell you, you need to start getting intimate with Jesus. You need to start spending some time with Jesus. Because the closer that you get to him, the more he's going to recognize when you call his name. And the more he's going to begin to recognize your name. And it's not just going to be like you're calling a stranger over to you. It's going to be like you're calling the one who truly is Lord over your life. Come on, man. And things are going to begin to shift and change in your life because his name is power. His name is healer. His name is life. I love the scripture that we read here in, in uh, what was it, in, in Philippians, that his name. I want you just to begin to think about this. I want you just to grab a hold of this thought this thought this morning in the power of his name in faith that the bible says that his name is above every other name his name is above every other name so what's that mean that means his name is above the name of your sickness 
It means that his name is above the name of depression. His name is above the name of your mental illness. Come on, somebody. His name is above the name of offense. Come on. His name is above the name of fear. His name is above the name of your addiction. I'm just telling you, he's greater than. God established it when he said, you're going to have a son, and his name is going to be Jesus, and he is Savior the world and savior means healing and wholeness and made complete i've come to tell somebody today because we come in all pretty and dressed up and we get churchy and we raise our hand and it feels good and a lot of times we're walking out with the same stuff that we've carried in because we've just believed the lie that it's got to stay it's just part of being human it's part of the flesh i've already prayed about it five times i fasted for three days i shared it with someone and it didn't go away but I'm here to tell you God is bigger than that thing his name is greater maybe you got to carry it to the altar just one more time maybe you're just one step short of that thing being breaking off I don't know why it didn't happen last time or last week or last month or last year but I know that his name is above it no matter what that thing is his name's above it. God awakened some faith in this house this morning to reestablish the power of your precious holy name. Let me tell somebody that His name's above your enemy. You've been exalting your enemy's name way over the name of the Lord. You've been using their name more than you've been using His name. Let me tell you, his name is above whatever seems dead in your life. His name is above what you thought was a dying marriage. His name is above what you thought was a, was a dying friendship. Come on, come on. Whatever it is, I've come to release some hope inside of you today. God is going to get a hold of you if you just begin to lift his name up above that thing. Come on, I'm telling you, his name is above the injustice that was done to you. Come on, what the word of God tells us and what I want to get instilled inside of you today and awaken back in your heart, because I feel like the enemy has stolen this from us, is that his name is greater than his name is above it all. So whatever you're carrying, mom and dad, over your children, over your adult children, your teenage children, wife, whatever you're carrying over your husband, or husband, whatever you're carrying over your wife, or, or man or woman, whatever you're carrying over in your workplace, or whatever whatever you're carrying with in, in your leadership, in your church, or young people, whatever you're carrying in school, and the stuff that's happening there, and the weight that's been upon you, I've come to tell you that his name is above it. And if you'll be spending it, begin to declare. Stop magnifying that thing and start magnifying the name of Jesus and that thing will diminish in the power of God. Come on, somebody. Stop allowing anything to elevate in your life above the name of Jesus. Amen. Everybody say His name. It's powerful. It's powerful. I was reading, and um, 
there's a, I read a, it was a quote or article or something about <coughs> uh, that, uh, of Smith Wilgersworth, right? And Smith Wilgersworth was just such an anointed man of God and so many signs and wonders, just amazing things done through his life and through his ministry. But I read, I read, a, I read a statement that he had made, a story that he was telling, and um, someone that, that knew him, someone that was relatively close to him and had called him, and they had a, they had a loved one as a gentleman, and he was kind of in a hopeless, hopeless place and dying, and, and um, so this uh, Smith Wigglesworth friends contacted him and said, hey, we need you to come. <laughs> But he wasn't anywhere even close around there. But uh, but some some of his team, some of his team were, and so he contacted his team, and he said, "Hey, I need you to go to so and so's house. Uh, we need a miracle, and I need you to go in there and and pray and release healing." And uh, so his team went, and they go to the house, and they get in the room where the gentleman's laying in the bed, and you know they're 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 filled with faith. They've seen God move. They've seen the miracles. They've seen stuff happen that, that there's no explanation for. And they get, around, they get around this man, and they begin to lay hands on him. And, man, they just start praying, Smith said. I love his story. He does a whole, whole lot better job than I do. But, you know, they're praying. They're taking authority. They're binding. They are loosing. They're doing all of these things. I'm sure they had oil, all that kind of stuff. They were doing what they knew to do. And as they were praying, they were watching for some kind of physical manifestation to show that, that, that the person's body was being healed, and they didn't see anything. So they prayed harder. They didn't see anything. They prayed harder and then sooner or later like okay and then you know God in your time and in your will and uh, they kind of wrapped up that prayer but nothing was changed with the individual laying in the bed and they go on out and they get outside the house and they're going down the street but man one of them something was just really really just stirring in them they, 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 they knew something was off something was wrong something's wrong something's wrong and they stopped the group and and uh, and, and they're like we got to go back in we got to go back in. We can't leave yet. And, uh, and, and someone else says, man, we, listen, we, we anointed them with oil. We prayed in faith. We, we agreed about it. We did it in authority. You know, we did what we were supposed to do. And that one person is like, no, 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 man, we missed something. We've missed something. We've missed something. We've got to go back in. And then they said, there's one thing that we didn't do. There's one thing that we didn't do. We didn't just speak his name. We spend a lot of time in prayer reminding God what we need. As though He didn't see it already. And I'm not saying that we don't speak things out, call, you know. So they go back, they knock on the door, they ask if they could come back in and pray one more time, Smith says, and they go into that room, and this time they just go in there as sons and daughters. And I got around the bed, it says, and with real soft voices, they didn't do anything but begin to whisper. No spitting. No screaming. They just begin to whisper. I'm telling you, there's power when you whisper the name of Jesus. And they just begin to whisper. Nothing else. Their testimony was nothing else. It was just Jesus. And they started to do it in unison. 
at the same pace, like Jesus, 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 Jesus. And one of them opened up their eyes, and the man's arm started moving. And then all of a sudden, they started saying Jesus just a little bit louder, because now they're starting to get excited, because Jesus gave them a little bit of hope. (laughs) And they start saying Jesus, and this man starts moving. And they just keep saying Jesus and his eyes open and his head lifts up. And all of a sudden, all of his, all of his limbs are moving and this guy just starts wiggling around in the bed. And now, they just, now they're just saying, Jesus, 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 Jesus. And to make a long story short, man, in just walking in that room and releasing the name of Jesus, that man was healed. What happened? And what happens with us so often? Because they did what they were supposed to do the first time. But a lot of times in that place, guys, the focus was on the person. They were just focused on the man, and they were focused on the healing, and they were focused on hopefully trying to see some kind of manifestation because let's be honest with ourselves, that helps our faith. Really, it does, right? And so they were focused on that and then on themselves praying right and what was happening and all these different things. Come on, man. And, and we, we find ourselves in there. And again, there's, there's a place for that, but, but their focus was on seeing, seeing the healing. And, and then so when they went back and just focused on the healer, they just focused on the healer. They just focused on Jesus. They didn't have all the right words and and pray it just, you know, so beautifully, right? But when they just use the name of Jesus with their heart and their mind aligned in faith and they begin to magnify all that he is and invited him into the room, all it took was Jesus coming in that moment for the miraculous to be released. Oh my goodness, guys, he is so good. So good. In Mark, in chapter 16, in verse 17 and 18, I'm just going to give you some scriptures. I'm gonna, we're going we're gonna to do this in a minute. We're just going to let the Word of God just begin to awaken faith inside of us in the power of His holy name. But in the Gospel of Mark, in chapter 16, in verse 17 and 18, Jesus said, And these signs will follow those who believe. How many of you believe today? Jesus said, this is what's going to accompany you if you believe. And then he says this. So faith, faith starts it. But he says, if you believe and you have faith, then he says, and here's the weapon then, then he says, in my name, they'll cast out demons. And they'll speak with new tongues and they'll take up serpents. And they'll, they'll, if they de- uh, drink any, any deadly poison, it will by no means hurt them. And they'll lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. Come on, I wish I had somebody to help me out this morning. Jesus said, if you have faith, those who believe in me, in my name, I'm going to shake the things around you. I've come to tell you, the church has been asleep. They've been asleep with their pretty clothes on and their comfy chairs and their air conditioning and their TV and their internet and coming in and having the worship team sing just the right songs and the pastor being really sweet to them and we just come in and we become churchy. 
and completely ineffective to release in the kingdom of God on earth. Man, listen, you're not here to be catered to all the time. You are here to release the kingdom of heaven on earth. We get so wrapped up in ourselves, we forgot the very thing that we're here for right now. If you have breath in your lungs, you are here to serve one purpose right now, and that is to bring glory to the Father. And when you lift up the name of Jesus, you'll never do anything greater that brings glory to the Father. Jesus says, if you have faith in me, if you believe in me, come on. And then he says, if you're superly anointed to sing, if you got a great anointing to preach, if you're preaching, you can take deep breaths in between every word. The glory will be released. Just that was exhausting. I could not do that. I don't know how they do it. I almost passed out right there. But see, this is what happens with so many of us because then we just think, I'm not qualified. And I'm not anointed as Pastor Scott is. I'm not anointed as Lori is. I'm not old enough yet. I got to turn 18 and I'm officially an adult. I'm going to tell you what, there's no one in this church more powerful than who's sitting on this front row. Keegan, Keegan's like, yeah. Did you just bump your chest out a little bit when I said that? I think he did. I'm uh. like, uh. You go ahead, bump that chest out. Square your shoulders back. Raise your head up, man. Come on, man of God. So God's Word is saying, listen, if you believe in me, if you believe in me, if you have faith that I am who I say I am, if you have faith that I'm Savior, if you have faith that I'm Redeemer, if you have faith that I'm Healer, if you have faith that I'm the Waymaker, if you have faith that I'm the Miracle Worker, come on. Then he says, then in my name, in my name, you'll break strongholds. And in my name, you'll lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. And in my name, you'll lay hands on your friends and they'll be set free from addictions. Come on, somebody. In my name, in my name, in my name. Come on, church. It's time that we begin to step into the very things that God's called us to do and begin to get a kingdom mindset outside of ourselves. I think one of the greatest hindrances that's happened within the church is we all live within our own mind. We all live within our own world of what we have, what we don't have. What happened to me, what didn't happen to me. All these different things, what I want, what I don't want, and it's all become about I. And the more you lift up yourself, the less you're lifting up Jesus. There's power in the name of Jesus. You magnify him, he'll bring everything else into alignment. Amen? Everybody good? See, what happens is when you speak his name out in faith, Listen to this. Some of you are going to leave here today and do this. I hope all of you do. But when you speak out His name and you speak it out in faith, you're standing in as His representative. You're standing in as His representative. Every one of you. And what happens in that moment is you have delegated authority. Delegated authority is a powerful thing. Amen? Sometimes in the business world, we'll delegate authority. 
supervisor or someone's going to be out. They need to replace themselves. And so, so they'll, they'll delegate another person in that moment to stand in that place and the people around them know, okay, this is who I need to follow right now. But in that moment, that person has been given the authority to operate in that office. See what I'm saying? So Jesus says, listen, I'm going to the Father. And this is a good thing. Because unless I go to the Father, I can't send the Holy Spirit. Good for you. You're about to get some help. And he sent the Holy Spirit. You have no idea how powerful you are. You have no idea how much stuff you can mess up in the world. Seriously. And the enemy doesn't want you to know it. He wants you to feel powerless. He wants you to be self-focused and self-centered and selfless. Because those three things will always make you powerless. But he's made you powerful. And not only then has he made you powerful and given you the gift of the Holy Spirit, but when you step in to lordship with Jesus, then he gives you delegated authority. It's like the king sending someone out and he would give him that seal. And that seal carried authority. Amen? And this is what Jesus is doing to each and every one of you as believers. Let me just help you out. You do not need a title. You do not need a microphone. You do not need a certificate on your wall. Come on, somebody. You don't need a big delegation behind you in order for you to be important. That stuff is absolutely foolishness. Come on. All you need in you is faith that Jesus is Lord of your life, and you begin to walk in fellowship and intimacy with the King. Come on. And all of a sudden, that authority is going to begin to release out of you and you go in his name and watch him do what only he can do amen he's so good so good um and i just love this i just this this is just an extra one but um but i i just want the, the in matthew 18 and 20 jesus says where two or three gather in my name that i'm in the midst of them Not in the midst of a denomination. Where two or three gather together in a denomination. They're like, what denomination are you? I don't even know how to answer that question. I'm like, Jesus. Someone asked me that long ago, like, what denomination are you? What do you guys stand for? I'm like, Jesus. I mean, I tell them that we're spirit-filled just so they're not shocked when they come. (laughs) Try to help them out in that. But it, <laughs> you guys should do, you should do that also. Just make sure you let people know as you're inviting them. It's, we're charismatic. Where two or three are gathered together in his name, just in Jesus, then I'm there. Turn to the Gospel of John real quick. I, I'm going to be short on time. Let me see if I can speed up a little bit. Everybody doing good? Yeah, because I want to have a little time for authors, so I'm going <clears> to <throat> not be able to get through all of this, but that's okay. Uh, let's, let's just hit a few things real quick. Let me give you some scriptures. You guys love the Word, right? John in 14 and verse 12. I'm just going to read this quick. John 14, uh, verse 12 through 14. Most assuredly, I say to you, this is Jesus speaking. Most assuredly, I say to you that he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also and greater works than these he will do because I go to my father. Jesus said, watch this. 
Most assuredly, I say to you that he who believes in me. How many believe in the Lord? How many believe in the Lord? How many believe he's Lord? How many are letting him be Lord in your life? Come on. You can't just believe that he exists. I'm asking you, do you believe that he's Lord and is he Lord? Because Jesus says, most assuredly, I say to you that he who believes in me, the works the works, what I do, he will do also. Matter of fact, greater works than these he will do because I go to my Father. And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Church, this is so powerful. Do you believe? Because you've got to have faith. And then I want you to see this morning that it is only in the name of Jesus that genuine signs and wonders are performed. And all for the sake of, of getting, giving glory to God. And it's so powerful. Talking about the power in Jesus' name. The power in Jesus' name. In my name. In my name. In my name. When you step into my name. When you speak my name in faith. When you are in alignment with me as Lord. I will delegate my authority through you. And in my name, greater works you shall do, saith the Lord. Jesus uh, called the 70 and he sends them out. He sends them out. He anoints them. He acquits them. He lets them know that they are, they are His delegated authority to go release the kingdom of heaven on earth. And they go out. And they come back. And they're, they're, they're excited. And, and uh, it, says, it says in Luke, uh, Luke 10 and 17, I've got to wrap this up. Man, this is a pretty big bird to get down on the ground today, but I'm going to do my best. But it says in Luke 10, 17, it says the 70 return, and they return with joy. How many just like to see people return with joy every Sunday? We're coming with joy every Sunday. I'm showing up at 7 o'clock to unlock the doors, and you guys are lined up out there with joy, waiting to get in because Jesus sent you out this week, and you've seen so many miracles that you can't wait to get in to testify. Come on, somebody. And they went out. They went out. They went out. And they came back in. And they had joy. And they were saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. Now, I wanted to bring that in here today because I want you to understand, guys, that his name is power. His name is power. It is only in the name of Jesus that darkness has to flee and every chain must be loosed. And I don't know about you, but there's a whole lot of darkness in this world. And they need the name of Jesus released over it for His glory. Amen? I guess I'm just trying to say that you've been weaponized. You've been weaponized and Satan's tried to take the ammo out of you. With discouragement and then making you get so self-focused that life becomes all about you and not Him. Amen. <laughs> all right. I got to hurry because I've only got 45 minutes left. <laughs> that, I was not, that was not a joke. Oh, you want a joke? <laughs> I don't have time for jokes. This is going to be really good. Do you, know, <laughs> do you know what the best vitamin is for a Christian? B1. 
Come on, man. That was going to be good. <laughs> Turn to Acts. Let's get, let's get focused here. Goodness gracious. Man. Let's, let, I'm, I, let's just uh, bust, bust through a few things here real quick that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have uh, Craig come and the team. And, but I, can I just, I just want to read a little bit to you. Um, this is so good. You in Acts chapter 3? Everybody? You kids there? You got it? Okay. Acts chapter 3. Uh, look, look, at verse, um, look at verse 1. Here we go. Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer. How many of you know things happen in your life when you go to the hour of prayer? So Peter and John went up together at the temple at the hour of prayer. Is the ninth hour. A certain man, uh, lame, from his mother's womb was carried whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms from those who, who entered the temple, who, seeing Peter and John <coughs> about to go into the temple, asked for alms. Now watch this. Peter fixes his eyes on him. And fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter's like, look at us. When, when you start realizing the weapon that you're carrying, you'll stop walking by people. Yeah. So here's a man that's been lame. He's 40 years old, and from birth he was lame. So here's a 40-year-old man laying there, with, and, he, and, he, and they've got the bucket out there, and, and he sees Peter and John, and I don't know what John's doing, but something happened in Peter, and Peter locks eyes with this man. Come on, somebody. Peter locks eyes with this man. And the Bible says then, that the, and, and, he says, and he says, look at me. Look at me. The man with the need, Peter says, look at me. And he's looking at him. And expectancy, the Bible says, the man began to get. He didn't know if he was going to get alm. He didn't know how much money. He didn't know he was going to get. But all of a sudden, because Peter stopped and he looked at him and he said, look at me, there was an expectancy that the man was about to receive something. And then Peter looked at the man and he says, silver and gold I do not have. But I've got something far better. Come on, yes. And the Bible says that he looked at the man and he touched him and he says, In the name of Jesus, be healed. Silver and gold I don't have. Lame his whole life. They're all the time by that pool. Come on, someone. He had already accepted that he was going to die that way. That it was just something that he had to live with. Some of you have already accepted the lie that there's some stuff in you that you just got to live with. Silver and gold I don't have for you. I can't buy you new tires if you need tires. I need tires too. I can't pay your gas and electric bill. We're going to figure out how to do that ourselves too. I don't have silver and gold. But what I do have for you today is in the name of Jesus. That name is above all other names. So whatever the name of your sickness is, his name is over it. Whatever the name of your offense is, his name is over it. Whatever the name of your enemy is, his name is over it. Come on. Whatever your need is, his name is over it. In the name of Jesus, 
be healed. Receive what he has for you today in the name of Jesus. He's above your addiction. He's above the, in, the injustice that happened to you. In the name of Jesus, receive and be made whole. Salvation isn't just about being forgiven and being able to spend eternity in heaven. Salvation is about a believer being able to live on earth as in heaven and becoming whole for the glory of God so that we can be His representatives and operate with His authority to release His name for other people to be healed and be restored. What some of you have been using to numb your pain is only increasing the depth of your pain. And every time you turn to that numbness, actually the chain is getting tighter around you and eventually it'll squeeze you in half. It is a lie from the pit of hell, whatever that it is. And in the name of Jesus... I don't care if it's generational. I don't care if you just opened it up. I don't care if you just started it last week or 10 years ago. I don't care how many times you went somewhere and confessed it and walked away and did it again. I'm here to tell you today in the powerful name of Jesus, there is healing and restoration and every stronghold must be broken in his name. Everybody say in his name. Praise God. I know my shoes are untied. I just can't stop to fix it. I got to wrap this up. There's something about this story that kind of stands out to me because if, if Brother Gary was the lame man, well, he kind of is with his elbow. You got a boo-boo. So it looked like this. The man saw Peter and John, and they're walking in, and then Peter locks eyes with the man, and something stirs inside of him. And then he looks at the man, and he says, look at me. And then he says, I don't have material stuff for you today that's just going to keep you in the same position that you're in right now, because even if I give you this material thing, you're going to be back here next week. But what I do have for you is your healing, your deliverance, your breakthrough. It's not in me. It's in the name of Jesus. But I come before you today as his delegated authority. He has set me free and made me whole. And now I'm going around letting other people receive and, and, and take part in what I've received myself. So silver and gold I don't have. But what I have for you today, in the name of Jesus, be healed. And then nothing happened yet. Nothing happened yet. But then it says, and this is, this is the faith that we need to be a, begin to walk in in the name of Jesus, is that when you speak the name of Jesus, you understand there's power in his name, and he's going to do it. Because the man was still lame. But then it says that Peter then took him by the hand, 
And as he began to pull him up, it was in the action and it was in the movement of moving forward. Come on, of moving forward, of operating in the faith. Come on, somebody, of operating in it. And as they begin to operate together, Peter had his hand, and he was giving him what he had in his name and in the faith of Jesus, and that man was receiving it. And as they then moved together, the Bible says that all of a sudden his ankles begin to be strengthened. Come on, his feet begin to be strengthened. Guys, he was born this way. Come on, somebody. He had always been in that place. He was 40 years old. It was already past time that doctors already said there was no more hope. Come on, man. But in the name of Jesus, come on, and in faith in that, and then stepping in that faith, come on, get up, rise up, and he began to pull him, and it was in that movement that the man got up. Next thing we know, he's doing somersaults in the courtyard of the temple at the place of prayer. And I got a whole other sermon to go into about how the religious leaders dealt with it. You begin to operate this way, there's going to be some crazy stuff that happens. There's going to be some things that people can't explain. The religious leaders, where is this in the book? I can't find it. We can't let that happen then. And they wanted to try to shut it down. And they called them in there. They're like, listen, in what name are you doing this stuff in? And Peter and John look at each other like, well, not in your name. Because there's one far above your name. And then they're trying to figure out how to deal with them, but they realized that too many people saw the miracle. So they, they, so they knew they couldn't like do anything major to them, so they just threatened them. They're just threatening them. They're like, okay, you're going to go out, but you don't want no more of this courtyard stuff. No more of this stuff in the public eye. Come on. You can do poems. You can be encouraging, but don't, don't pray, and don't teach in the name of Jesus. Because when you pray and teach in the name of Jesus, he does what you ask. And all of a sudden, 40-year-old lame people get up. And all of a sudden, a man that's facing addiction because it's four generations deep in his life, in one moment, in the presence of Jesus, he feels all that shame and all that guilt and all the temptation broken off of him, man, in the name of Jesus. So good. We know who he is, but do we know him? Do we use his name just like we're talking about somebody else? His name is power. His name is healer. His name is life. And there is power in his name. I'm telling you, young people, and you're walking down that hallway in your school, and you're feeling the, not, no, not you BCS students, because there's no darkness here. Well, okay, maybe just a tad bit every now and then, but. <laughs> this is the Word of God. 
And you young people, you're, you're, in, you, you're put in situations and places. And, and, and we got a lot of young adults here that, ju- that just went back to college. And you're in college. And they're teaching good stuff. And they're teaching some really stupid stuff. Complete ungodly stuff. And people are going to leave here today. And you're going to go to work this week. And you're going to feel so good today. The name of Jesus. You're going to lift it up, lift it up, lift it up. And you're going to go put, you're going to go in a factory on Monday. You're going to go out and work along the highway on Monday. You're going to be surrounded by the world. You're going to be surrounded by darkness. But I'm going to tell you that his name is above it. His name is above the name of your school. His name is above the name of your factory. His name is above the name of your co-workers. I'm here to tell you right now that you can stand in that place and begin to lift up the name of Jesus, and it'll begin to, it'll begin to secure you. His name is a strong tower, guys. His name is a place of security, and those who run to it will be secure. I'm here to tell some people, you need to begin to learn how to run into the name of Jesus. And when you speak his name, you're speaking that he's healer. You're speaking that he's powerful. You're speaking that he's life. You're speaking that he's protector. You're speaking that he's provider. You're speaking that he's savior. Come on. You're speaking that he's deliverer. You're speaking all that he is over that moment in your life. It'll begin to change everything that happens around you. And not only for you, but again, when you go back to the Gospels and what I already read, that God's, God's quickening and awakening the church. I don't know what's happening here, but I love it. But I'm going to say this. Y'all better get with it or they're going to outrun you. I, I feel like they waited long enough for someone to follow. And finally, they're like, well, I guess we'll follow him. That's pretty exciting. We have a hard time stopping worship on Sundays. I'm over here like y'all got to get back because I got to preach. There's a fire in them. There's a fire in the young people. There's a fire in the young adults. There's a fire in the young couples. And I believe there's a fire in the older generation. Come on. I believe we've also been through some stuff and prayed for some things and didn't see some things happen. That sometimes in those places we kind of become self-centered pretty easily, Right? And then we kind of start to lose hope just a little bit because we prayed about it, we prayed about it, we prayed about it, or this or that or whatever, man. Come on, man. Let, let me say this. I, 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 I know there's multi-generations, but this is my heart as your pastor. I believe if we're all breathing, we're all the same generation right now. I just believe we've got younger ones and older ones in the same generation. But I'm telling you, you younger folks need to grab a hold of the hand of some of these older folks like Mike. He's real old. He's learned some stuff. (laughs) And he'll pray over you and prophesy over you. And when you see him come down and pray with someone, just to come alongside of him and put your hands on Mike and put your hands on who he prayed for and grab a hold of the truth of God's Word that says, hey, if you have faith in me, then greater works than these shall you do. Begin to operate in that thing right now. Begin to listen to the Lord of what he's saying to you. And when the Holy Spirit gives you a word, come to one of the leaders and let them know you got a word from the Lord. We want to hear what God's given to you, amen? And I think, church, we need to get out of the back seats, out of the middle seats, out of the front seats. I think we need to get hungry for God. I think we need to begin to step up and get behind these people that are hungry and fan the flame. You know how you fan a flame? I don't know, but I know if the flame's over there and I'm trying to fan it over here, it's probably not going to get a lot of air on it. 
So the closer that I, the, the, the greater that I want to fan the flame on something, the closer I got to get to it. Amen. I am so not done. So not done. But I will be. Amen. Isn't God good? How about we have demonstration? Amen. Worship team, let's go. Come forward if you would, please. Thank you, guys. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put this, put this thing on the ground. Thank you, Jesus. What I was thinking of. And wrapping this up. <coughs> We're going to have a moment to do this, but can I just can I just say this to the church real quick? The thing that stands out to me in this story with Peter and John in the book of Acts is the statement that Peter says, what I have, I give to you. And there's a reality that we all, we all have his name, but we're all in different places. What well, we all operating in different levels of faith, sometimes more than others, depending on things we're facing in our life. But just this statement that Miss Julian, I don't always feel like Superman. Some feel like, sometimes I just feel like a puddle of goo. Sometimes I just feel like I should probably stay home because I don't have a whole lot to give in that moment. Come on, everybody. I look at other people sometimes. I look at other, I, look, I, I, I try not to listen to a whole lot of people preach because when I do, I just like, Lord, Maybe I should just play that Sunday. It'd be really easy for me to compare myself to other people. So many people can preach so much better than I can. They got way better jokes than I do. But that B1 joke, that was good, even though it got stolen. I'll do better next week. All I'm saying, sweetheart, is I don't, I, I, I'm not the best at anything, but what I have... I don't have all the answers and silver and gold I don't have, but what I have is in His name. He is absolutely faithful. It, it's not what He does. It's who He is. He can't not be faithful. He's so good. We need to begin to, to give what we have at the place that we're at in that moment. And hopefully we'll be on the mountaintop most of the time. But when you're halfway down the mountaintop, give what you have. When you see that man and you see that lady, you're walking in Walmart and you can just, because I love it, they saw him. If you begin to look, you'll see him. Some of you ladies are going to walk in Walmart and, you're going to see a mama with four kids hanging off the cart and sweatpants, hopefully not pajama pants, but sometimes maybe. Can we just make that a church rule? No one goes to Walmart in pajama pants. <laughs> and you're going to look at her face, and you're just going to be able to see that mama just don't have a whole lot left in her. 
You're not going to, she doesn't need you to buy her groceries. Maybe God will put that on your heart, but maybe that's probably not the, but what do you have? What do you have? You have the ability as a child of God to hear the voice of God. To say, God, how do you feel about this woman? What do you want to say to her? And you take a minute and you listen to the Holy Spirit and you let the Holy Spirit give you something that that woman needs that only she knows about. Guys, come on, man. And then you walk up to her and say, I don't know you. I'm not going to bother you. I'm not going to make a big scene here. I just want you to know Jesus loves you. He loves you, and I was just talking to him, and he told me that you've been having a really hard day and that you need this or that or whatever, and he just wants you to know that he's going to take care of it. Whatever that he told you, and you release that. You know what you just gave her? You know how you just lifted that mama up to the revelation that she's not alone and that the eye of the greatest one, the king of kings, is on her and that she's not forgotten? Go give what you have. But before you can do that, you can, you can only give what you've received. So I want, I, I'm just going to pray. Some of you are going to receive breakthrough today. So I'm just going to ask you this. They're going to begin to lead us in worship, and I'm going to stop talking. And this is what I'm going to say. Pay attention. Pay attention. I would say everyone in here has something that you've elevated over the name of Jesus. You had something happen to you, you have fear, maybe anxiety, maybe a hurt, maybe an offense, maybe an addiction, whatever that it is. Maybe it's an enemy. But his name is the name above all names. And when you put it under his name, that thing will diminish in Jesus' name. So I'm going to ask you, what do you have in your life this morning that you need to put the name of Jesus over? And we should be thinking about it right now. What is it? What is it? What event happened? What pain do you have? What happened as a child? Come on, what is it? What do you need to forgive? What do you need to release? What do you need to let Jesus become king over, guys? Come on. Silver and gold I don't have, but what I have I give to you today. In the name of Jesus, be healed. In the name of Jesus, be restored. In the name of Jesus, be set free, every one of you, for the glory of God. Amen. Stand with me this morning. I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to invite you to come. I'm going to invite you to flood this altar and fall on your face before the Lord. And I'm going to ask you to confess it. And I'm going to ask you just to speak it out. And I'm going to ask you to just begin to speak the name of Jesus, just like that group did that Smith Wigglesworth sent to that man's room. And just begin to speak the name of Jesus above whatever thing you need freedom and healing from today. Amen? This altar's open. You come and get free. You come and just put his name over whatever that it is. Come on. Anxiety has to go. Fear has to go. Depression has to go. Addiction has to go. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. How many believe this morning that there's power in his name to break every chain? Every chain. Every chain. Amen? We're going to pray together, and I'm going to release you, but let's agree together. You guys ready? Put your hand over your heart if you want to, maybe one on your head, on your mind. I don't care what the, how, the, how you feel to, but let's receive this together. Let's put his name over some things today. Amen? And then we're going to step into the things that he's called us to do as sons and daughters. Amen? Let's receive it right now. So, Lord, we just thank you for your word. In his name shall be called Jesus, 
and he will be the Savior of the world. He is King. He is Lord. He is power. He is healer. He is life. There is power in your name. We come together right now, Lord, and we thank you for reminding us the power in your name when it's linked together with faith in Jesus' name. There is nothing, no other name above your name. So right now, Lord, we together, we put your name over the name of a sickness. We put your name over the name of offense. We put your name over depression. We put your name over fear. We put your name over anxiety. We put your name over that bad childhood uh, situation that happened. We, we put your name over it. We put your name over it. We release it. You are greater than. Your name is greater than that offense. It's greater than my unforgiveness. Your name is greater than. So right now, Jesus, every man, every woman, I agree with them. Your word said, where two or more are gathered in my name, I'm in the midst. So I agree with my brothers and sisters right now that your name is above it. So God, with that being said, every chain be broken right now in Jesus' name. Depression, you got to go. Anxiety, you got to go. Fear, you got to go. Sickness, you got to go. Offense, you got to go. Unforgiveness, you got to go right now. Memory of that bad pain from your childhood, you got to go right now in Jesus' name. And I declare release of the joy of the Lord. I declare a release of the peace of the Lord. Peace that surpasses understanding right now. I declare a release of your life, Jesus, all over this house, God. And Lord, I pray that as your sons and daughters, that we would go as Peter went, and that we would do what you called us to do, that we would be intentional in releasing your name everywhere we go. We give you praise and glory and honor in Jesus' name. And everybody said... Amen. I love you. I bless you. Go in the power of Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us this week. Until next time, 